Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right. Uh, welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. Uh, my name is Merrick Brown, and I'm your host. And so in our last episode, we asked the question, what country do you think will be the next global superpower? And why does this information even matter for us today? So we share that it matters because in a large part, as we continue to live in this world, to some degree, when it comes to our security, our prosperity, our happiness and contentment, uh, these things are often tied to the influence exerted by the most powerful nation in the world. Also, in our last episode, we learned that some 2,500 years ago, an ancient Babylonian king by the name of King Nebuchadnezzar received an amazing dream which described four future world empires that would arise on the world stage starting in in his day and ending in our time so it's really an amazing dream that the king had we also learned that daniel the prophet was the only uh person in nebuchadnezzar's um council or is among his wise men who was able to tell him what he had dreamt and provide him with the interpretation of his dream so this is an amazing prophecy that we want to unpack uh, uh, much more in, in this episode. And I'm going to be reading here from Daniel chapter 2, uh, verse 29 to 35. And this Daniel, book of Daniel, of course, is found in the Bible. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation version of the Bible. And, and so Daniel tells the king, while your majesty was sleeping, you dreamt about coming events in your vision. Your majesty, you saw standing before you a huge shining statue of a man. It was a frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze, its legs were iron, and its feet were a combination of iron and big clay. As you watch, a rock was cut out from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the, the feet of the iron and clay and smashing them to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace, like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. All right. So the king has this dream of a statue, really of an idol, whose head is made of pure gold. The idol has chest and arms of silver. The belly and thighs are made of bronze. Its legs were made of iron, and its feet are made of iron and big clay. Now, these four different metallic parts of the idol represent something, right? Essentially, they represent four different world empires that would arise uh, starting in Daniel's time and extend it to our day right and so what world powers are represented by the metallic sections of the idol that nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream now that is what we want to find out uh in this episode we want to unpack this this is some amazing stuff all right and so hold on to your seat here as we, we delve into this all right so now starting uh in daniel chapter 2 verse 38 daniel proceeds to tell the king he proceeds to give the king uh, an interpretation of the dream right he tells the king you are the head of gold right in daniel 2 verse 38 well well surprise all right so daniel tells the king that the head of gold represents the kingdom of babylon now during his day and throughout history babylon became closely synonymous with the reign of king nebuchadnezzar 
in fact, gold was a very popular metal in ancient Babylon, so much so that many believe that Babylon is worthy of being called the capital of the golden age of civilization, right? So Daniel tells the king that his kingdom is represented by the head of gold uh, in the idol that he sees in his dream. All right. So Daniel continues to explain the dream to King Nebuchadnezzar. He tells him, after your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom inferior to yours will arise to take your place. Right? This is what he says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 39. So we can know from word history that the kingdom that succeeded the Babylonian Empire was the Medo-Persian Empire. This is history, right? I didn't make this up, right? So remember, this kingdom is symbolized, uh, that is Medo-Persia, in the king's dream as the chest and arms of the idol that is made of silver. Now, you remember that the head of the idol, of course, represented the Babylonian Empire, and, and the head was made of gold. In contrast, the chest and arms of the idol, which represents Medo-Persia, right, or the Medo-Persian Empire, is composed of silver, right? And so remember that Daniel says to the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, that the kingdom that comes after him would be inferior to him now in ancient times uh even until today silver is universally accepted as an inferior metal to gold right so the, the prophecy is spot on when it comes to that also from history it is noteworthy that the the standard monetary value of the Medo persians back in their day uh was silver right so this is amazing. So next, Daniel tells King Nebuchadnezzar, after that kingdom, that is the Medo-Persian Empire has fallen, yet a third kingdom represented by the, uh, the bronze belly and thighs will arise to rule the world. That's what he says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 39. Now, in the year 331 BC, one of the greatest military battles of the ancient world, uh, really a turning point in world history, was fought near present-day Iraq. Right, uh, Darius III, and he was the last king of the Medo-Persian Empire, had amassed a huge army, something like uh, two hundred thousand men, and his plan was to crush. You know, he wanted to destroy the aspirations of Alexander the Great. Now, you must have, you may have heard of Alexander the Great in maybe in in, in elementary school or uh, high school. I mean, he was one of the greatest conquerors in world history. Uh, he was a brilliant brick uh, Macedonian king, and he had never lost a body. <laughs> Imagine that, right? And he was on a determined quest to conquer the entire world. Now, it's interesting that the Greeks were noted in the ancient world for their extensive use of bronze. They use it in their armor and their helmets, their shields and their weapons, right? And so this is what Daniel 2 actually says, that this kingdom would be the kingdom of, of bronze, right? And this is said even before this kingdom actually arose. And so employing brilliant tactical maneuvers and with the aid of only about 50,000 well-trained Greek soldiers clad in shiny bronze armor, Alexander the Great, he won a decisive victory that day against the Medo-Persians. And this led to the fall of the Medo-Persian uh, Empire. This is history, folks. I'm not making this thing up, right? Uh, I mean, this, according to Daniel 2, was prophesied by, uh, you know, decades, hundreds of years before this actually took place, right? 
So Daniel uh, tells King Nebuchadnezzar, following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one as strong as iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires, just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. This is Daniel chapter 2, verse 40. Without a doubt, right, this fourth kingdom is none other than the Roman Empire. Now, in, um, in his 18th century book called The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, uh, the historian Edward Gibbon strikingly summarized the, the rise of the Roman Empire this way. He says, the arms of the Republic, sometimes vanquished in battle, always victorious in war, advanced with rapid steps to the Euphrates, the Danube, the Rhine, and the ocean, and the images of gold or silver or brass that might serve to represent the nations and their kings were successively broken by the Iron Monarchy of Rome. Now, this is a this is a remarkable quotation here. Uh, it's almost as if this guy was reading. I mean, I've studied Daniel chapter two, right? But he's spot on here, right? The fourth kingdom uh, uh, that that is represented in Nebuchadnezzar's dream uh, is none other than Rome. Now, strikingly, Nebuchadnezzar's dream makes mention that the fourth kingdom, the Roman Empire, would be as strong as iron. Now, one commentator notes that the secret to the success and the longevity of the Roman Empire for nearly 500 years was found in its iron army and its iron grip in leadership issues. All right. And so the Roman soldiers, uh, soldiers of the Roman Empire, they were known for their, their iron weapons, you know, their swords, their, their spears. Um, you know, also uh, Rome was known for its tremendous uh capability when it came to just administering all these peoples that it subjugated subjugated and conquered right uh, it's known in history for that and so in its thirst for conquest the, the highly effective roman military machine it smashed and it crushed anyone or anything that stood in its way uh so daniel goes on and he tells the king king nebuchadnezzar in daniel chapter 2 verse 41 to 43 now this is remarkable now pay attention to what he says to the king here and how this unfolds in history. He says, the feet and toes you saw of the idol were a combination of iron and baked clay, showing that this kingdom, which is Rome, would be, would be divided, right? So like iron mixed with clay, it will have some of the strength of iron, but while some parts of it will be as strong as iron, other parts will be as weak as clay. This mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron and clay do not mix. Now, that is a remarkable portion. I mean, the entire prophecy is remarkable, right? But that's remarkable, right? Because uh, this prophecy mentions that Rome eventually will come to be divided. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, he was divided into a Western and an Eastern part, the Western and Eastern Empire, uh, which probably is symbolized in Daniel chapter 2 as the two iron legs of that idol, right? However, Daniel more explicitly points out in his explanation of Nebuchadnezzar's uh, prophetic dream, he says that the feet and toes you saw were a combination of iron and big clay, showing that this kingdom, Rome, would be divided. So, even as uh, the kingdoms of, of Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece were all replaced by a new emerging world power. Over time, the Roman Empire simply became divided and, and just crumbled from within. As a matter of fact, 
And you have these Germanic peoples, or they're also called the barbarians. Uh, you know, uh, they, they came from Northern Europe over time. They attacked the city of Rome. Uh, Rome actually fell in, in the year 476 AD. And uh, by the Middle Ages, these barbarians, or these Germanic peoples, uh, they had come to occupy much of what the era that Rome had uh, ruled. Right, and they settled in Western Europe. And these people, these barbarians, so-called barbarians, right? Uh, they eventually came to form the modern nation states that we know today as Germany, Switzerland, France, Italy, New, uh, United Kingdom, Portugal, Spain, along with other European nations. Right, and so these people, in many ways, they still retain much of the the Roman legacy in their institutions and in their culture. Hence, um, we could actually argue that the Roman Empire still exists today, but in a in a divided form, right? There's an argument to be made up with that. So Daniel tells uh, Nebuchadnezzar that uh, where he saw in his dream that the, the feet of the image was mixed with iron and clay. He says there in Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, this mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will, be will try to straighten themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage, but they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix, right? So that's what Daniel tells, explains to Nebuchadnezzar, and, and this is prophecy, right, folks? This is real prophecy, all right? This portion of the prophecy, it's it's been an ongoing continuum in European history, even to the present day. Uh, it's a standing joke in Europe, right? Where, you know, all of its royal families, it's believed are related in some way, right? Because history bears out that uh, what they would try to do, they would try to strengthen their kingdoms and political alliances. They would, the way how they would do this, uh, they would intermarry. So you'd have these royal families and royal marriages uh, and became something of a policy for them, right? Because they wanted to maintain their hold on power and their crown. Right, and so you also had folks like uh, Charlemagne, Napoleon, Hitler. Uh, they also attempted to unite the European continent, but didn't work out for them. Uh, as he as he retreated from his eastern campaign in Russia, uh, his army just was devastated by the Russian winter. Napoleon is reported to have said, and has you know he complained. He said, "God Almighty was too much for me." That's what he said. Right. Of course, Adolf Hitler, he dreamed, he dreamt of uh, that his third Reich would last for a thousand years. It only, I mean, it, it collapsed after 12 years, right? So over the centuries, the European nations, uh, which came to occupy the territory once held by the, uh, the uh, Roman Empire, they also expanded their dominion when they colonized much of the newly discovered lands in the New World. So, so today, uh, many of the independent nations that now constitute the United Nations, right, included the United States of America, were themselves once colonies of the great European powers. And as such, they carry with them vestiges of, of the Roman legacy, right? So it's interesting that since the end of World War, the Second World War, uh, the European powers, they have just intensified, they have accelerated uh, their efforts to create something like a, a United States of Europe or the European Union, uh, which is essentially a, an economic, military, political union on the continent, um, you know, which would be in a sense a, a form of a revived 
Roman Empire, right? When you think about it. But today, the, the Achilles heel of, of this union could very well be that the continent is, is just composed of weak nations and strong nations that are independent. And, um, you know, the prophecy in Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, seems to be spot on. Right, it says that a united Europe ultimately, right? It might seem that they're trying to come together, but ultimately will not succeed as iron and clay do not mix. Now, I want you to pay attention to this part here because this is one of the most important parts of this prophecy here in Daniel chapter 2. Uh, Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar, right? He says, During the reigns of those kings. Who are these kings? These are the kings, uh, the nations that presently constitute the European nations. We're talking about Germany, Portugal. We're talking about France, United Kingdom. He says, during the, uh, the existence of those nations, during, in other words, during our time, right? He says, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever. That is the meaning of the rock, he says, from the mountain, uh, though not uh, though not by human hands, that crush to pieces the, the statue of iron, of bronze, of clay, of silver and gold. He says, Daniel tells the king, the great God, the God of heaven, was showing the king what will happen in the future. The, and he, he tells him the dream is true and its meaning is certain, right? And so the question is this, what world power today is represented by the, the fifth kingdom described uh, in the verses that I just read. Of course, it cannot be the Chinese, right? It cannot be uh, the Chinese uh, because it, the prophecy says that uh, this superpower, basically, it comes up overnight, right? And erases all traces of every human civilization that came before. And so the prophecy of this amazing, I mean, this amazing prophecy down to two is clear. It says that the next superpower will be a kingdom, an empire, a nation that is created by the God of heaven, by Daniel's God. It says that Daniel's God is the one who's going to set up the, the, the fifth and the final world kingdom. And, and this kingdom, of course, is still future, right? Daniel's prophecy reveals that this, this future kingdom, it will never be destroyed. Can you imagine that? Uh, it will never be conquered by another nation. It will last forever, right? And so upon the establishment, this future world superpower will remove every trace of all other world empires that will come before. This is according to Daniel 2, verse 35. This is powerful stuff, folks, right? And so uh, there are two things that we can note from this prophecy here in Daniel chapter 2. Um, it, it tells us that this fifth and, and final kingdom, which will be the next superpower, will be a real kingdom. This is something that, that's going to be set up by the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, right? It will not be of human devising. God himself will create this kingdom. And it will not be a nebulous kingdom. It will be a real kingdom. Why? Because the, 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 the previous kingdoms that are described, when it comes to Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome, um, these were real kingdoms. These are real human kingdoms, right? And this, so this next superpower that is going to come on the scene will be a real kingdom. The next thing that is striking about this prophecy is that we can't be far off, really. 
Because when you think about it, we are actually in the toenails <laughs> of the idol, so to speak, right? Because uh, Babylon has fallen, the Medo-Persia has fallen, uh, Greece, all right? And so we've gone down from the head to toe. We're actually living the toenail. And the next thing that is said to happen is this stone, which represents the next superpower, which comes and destroys and removes all these human um, kingdom, right? And so God has told us, right, that he is securing an eternal future for us. This global, um, future global kingdom, right, is something that God is planning for us. It's something that's going to be last forever. It's going to be everlasting, and it's soon to make his appearance, all right? And so this tells me that God has some awesome plans for us, folks, right? This is the same God who showed his plans for our future in a dream and he also says to us in the bible also i mean of course in, in jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 to 14 and this is what he says to us he says i know what i've planned for you i have plans to prosper you not to harm you i have plans to give you a future filled with hope that is what that future um superpower kingdom represents it's a kingdom that god is creating for us that is filled with hope and he, and he says how do we get access to this kingdom he says when you call out to me and come to me in prayer right i will hear your prayers if you seek me with all your heart and soul i will make myself available to you this is what he says now that's just an amazing promise to be right and so is it your desire to embrace the plans that God has for your life. I know I'm, I'm embracing all those plans. This is exciting stuff. And, 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 and God's word is true because the prophecy in Daniel chapter two has been fulfilled to the T. Not yet, I mean, of course, the fifth and final kingdom is still yet future. So it is my hope today that you will claim these promises and, and, and this prophecy and the promises that are in the prophecy as your own. All right. And may God bless you and keep you. Uh, I'm Merrick Brown. Until next time, stay blessed and stay well. God bless. It's gonna get better. Never stay the same. It's gonna get better.